Fievel, how's your day going besides having to talk to media people asking you the same five questions? It's going really great, honestly. Like they're the same questions, but they're being asked differently. So it's keeping me on my toes. <laughs> now, earlier today, you know, pulling the curtain back on that press conference, they were giving you a little flack about your age. Like, oh, she doesn't know that you knew yeah. everything. So credit <laughs> goes to you. Um, have you always been kind of a historian watching film and television and learning the names of stuff? I mean... I guess I, I guess I have innately. My brother's really good at it. My dad's really good at it. And so I always felt guilty if I wasn't. <laughs> so just to be, yeah, I mean, I am 25, but I do think that I can hold myself pretty, pretty respectfully. <laughs> yeah. You've been working much more of your life in front of a camera than not, which says a lot right there. And a lot yeah. of people know you as a singer and musician first. Mm -hmm. Was the goal to always be an actress a musician or an actress musician? Um, I think it's a, yeah, it's a good question. Well, I think growing up with my dad in the industry already, um, you know, when you go to school and you go to college, then you become a doc, like it's already made, your path is kind of already created right. for you. I think with my dad being in the industry innately, my, my path is already created for me. I just didn't know where I fit. Um, so yeah, like when you do look me up, there's like singing and dancing and like all this stuff. But I don't think I even knew at that time what I wanted to do. I was just trying things out. And then I think I started re like acting more recently around six years ago. And I, I think I found it. I think I now know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> but the martial arts world championship kind of stuff, because, you know, mm -hmm. two talents is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> was it ever the plan to be more of an action-oriented actor or actress? <laughs> no, not at all. I don't think that doing martial arts was ever just going to fall hand in hand. I mean, even like doing action stuff now, I'm really hesitant. Um, I really want to do the things that I have dreamt of doing before I go to action. But maybe one day for sure. But no, it wasn't. It wasn't the plan. And then as we wind down here, was there a highlight for you in being part of the show Roar? Definitely. I think the highlight was just being a mixed race leading younger woman in a Western. And I, I, I don't think that we have enough of those yet. Well said. And will we hear any music from you anytime soon? Probably not. <laughs> the one and done. You are <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate your time and really am looking forward to everything's to come. It's really inspiring, as you said, to see a mixed race person in a lead role in a Western, not something often done. Somebody who can give up music, but maybe come back to it and also excel in martial arts. So keep up all the greatness, no matter the field you choose. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. T-Murph, my first question to you is, do I call you T, T-Murph, T-Mur? What, what do you like to be called? Mur Murph is fine. Murph it is. Murph, when did you get the role in Woke compared to being allowed to say you got the role in Woke? Uh, I believe I booked Woke uh, either October or November of, well, end of October of 2019. End of October of 2019. Um, and then we shot the pilot uh, end of January, beginning of February of 2020. Wait, I think we shot the pilot in 2019. So it might have been 2018. 2018 is when I booked it. We shot the pilot in 20, 2019. That's a and long time. The show in 2020. So yeah. when, when you were doing stand-up gigs, 
when did you start putting in your intro that the comedian before you would have to say, you've seen this gentleman on <laughs> Did that not happen until like six months ago or were you doing that in 2018, 2019? Well, I, I didn't start doing that until, 20, until 2020 after the show actually aired. So September when it aired, um, because right after the show, right after the show, we finished filming season one, the world shut down. Right. So they were editing the entire time and then uh, things started to open back up towards the end of 2020. Um, the show dropped and then I was I was still touring. So, you know, I would go and do shows at the Laugh Factory and then people had seen it. And, and so now it's like, I'm, I'm no longer T. Murph, I'm Clovis now. It's like, oh, wait, you that dude, you, you that dude from Hulu. I'm like, oh, okay, I don't even have a name anymore. I'm just that dude from Hulu. That dude from Hulu. That sounds like your third comedy special. <laughs> that dude. You're welcome. <laughs> well, so... You're a great actor, but was the plan all along to be a comic and acting fell in your lap, or did you want to be an actor first? Um, well, initially when I was growing up, I, I never thought about doing comedy. Um, it wasn't something that I even, you know, considered. But I always took like drama classes in high school. Um, I did theater when I was when I was younger. I would go up to Pivot School of Theater in Evanston, Illinois. Uh, I was in plays. So, but again, I. I didn't know. I didn't think I would be an actor. It was just something I thought was fun. And, you know, comedy kind of fell in my lap. And I started doing stand-up and fell in love with that. And got a manager, you know, got the agent, all that stuff from the stand-up side of the game. And then they started sending me these auditions. And it was just a tool that I needed to sharpen up a little bit again. And here we are. Were you able to work when you lived in Chicago? And by that, I mean, nowadays, you could live in any state. Yeah. And... Because it's not like it's just a New York, L.A. industry anymore. And nowadays, there's a lot happening in Chicago. Like, every damn procedural show is now yes. filmed in Chicago. Were yes. you able to work when you were an Illinois guy? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm still in Chicago. So I'm still in Chicago. I, ne I never left. Um, so, you know, I've, I've done plenty of productions here. Uh, and then when I am needed to do things in Los Angeles, they'll fly me out. Or New York or Atlanta or Vancouver or whatever. Uh, because as you know, nobody's going in the room to audition anymore. All of this stuff is on tape. So why would I move somewhere and pay three times the rent for a studio when I, I can have a house in Chicago? So it's like, I, I prefer the house. With mentioning Chicago and your roots in stand-up and acting alongside that, did Second City play into any of that? Um, no. So actually, I never, I never uh, attended any classes in Second City. Um, like the, the only, like, actual training I had was when I went to Pitt and School of Theater. Um, I took some college level courses in, of, of theater um, at SIU, but yeah, that, that was, that was really it. I, I've done stand-up in Second City, you know, right. breakout fest there uh, for a couple of years, but I've never done any classes or, or any, um, uh, uh, I forgot, uh, conservatory classes there or anything. Conservatory is a pretty big word. I, I don't even try and say it in my everyday life. So good on you. But um, when exactly did this feel like a career to you? What because like the part you had in Keen Peel, now we know that is that is like a life-changing career-making show, but it wasn't that way in like 2012 when you were casting that. Yeah. Um when I so when I filmed, I filmed comic people. So I was maybe two years into stand-up and then I booked that. And like, that was the thing that I grew up watching. And that's when I realized, I was like, yo, I, I can do this. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making strangers laugh. I've, I've got, mm -hmm. you know, um, I've got casting directors booking me for TV shows. Uh, and then I started doing colleges right around 2014, 2015, and they were paying pretty good money. And I, yeah. was like, I think, I think I, I think I could probably do this for real. So yeah, once you, once you book that first TV gig, you're like, this is my job now. <laughs> comic View gave the world so many excellent, excellent comics. Uh, Alonzo Hamburger Jones being one yes. of them, of course. Hamburger. <laughs> That's that never gets old. But was that what kind of opened up the doors for you in comedy, that one appearance there? Um, so, yeah, for, for, for me, that, that appearance there actually helped me meet a lot of comics that live in Los Angeles. So Sydney Castilla who is still a great friend of mine. I met Sidney filming that, who is now, he's, he's one of the head writers on, uh, on a show on HBO. He's wrote for the Emmys. He's wrote for the Oscars. Uh, James Davis, I met him there. Um, uh, a comedian named, by the name of D-Lay. Uh, Lil Rail filmed that when I filmed it. Ron G, uh, Kevin Hart was there when we filmed. He was just like starting to take off. He wasn't filming Comic View, but he was coming to watch a few of his friends that now tour with him, Naeem Lynn. And, Spank Horton, like all of these dudes I met on that production. And, and that started to kind of build a, a, a little incubator, if you will, of comics uh, to Ray Gordon out of Philly. I started touring, doing all of these different comics that I named. I started doing their shows. And then they started to, to, to plug me with other productions that were going on while I was in Los Angeles. Hey, man, Murph, I don't have time to do this. You want to go do this production? Oh, yeah, I'll go do that. All right. That's how it happened, man. The guy works. Well, hey, bring it back to Woke here because Team Woke said, hey, that's how you're going to get to talk to Team Murph. You're not big enough otherwise to speak <laughs> with, with Team Murph. Um, favorite moment or highlight? Do you have one of those kinds of stock answers to like, this was the best part of being part of the show? Um, really, the, the, the best part of being a part of the show for me is, is working with Lamorne, Sashir, and Blake. Uh, they are extremely talented um season actors and for me to be able to you know be the new guy and be welcomed by these 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 individuals or these actors if you will it it, it man it, it was it's it was dope for me um and, and 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 i love the experience and it's also it was it's super easy to grow in that environment and and become better like a lot of times you know when you mm -hmm. meet people they're not who they they seem to be you know, on, on TV or whatever, but no, these, these, these three are just dope. Our director, Maurice Marble, uh, Keith Knight, the creator, Mark mm -hmm. everybody is just so cool. Cool. Well, Sashir, to her credit, I admire her reinvention of her career because for a lot of people being on SNL for a season or two would be the footnote that they use for the rest of their life. And I think most people don't even realize that she was on SNL. Now looking at your credits, like Keen Peel, not that's nothing compared to what you've done. So it's really great to see how you've evolved and grown as a performer. And that's not a question. That's a compliment. So you're going to take it, right? Thank you. So are you allowed to say what's next or is woke everything? It's all woke and all stand-up gigs. Well, no, I mean, right now, uh, woke, is, woke is what's, you know, we're, we're doing season, you know, we're, we just finished season two. It's about to come out. Hopefully there'll be a season three, but, you know, there's, a, there's other things in the work. Right now, I'm just, I'm, I'm touring and working and building out this hour because that's, that's my next thing, you know, uh, mm -hmm. filming my 
up special so that people can really get an opportunity to know me as more than just that guy from Hulu. <laughs> that guy from Hulu. And uh, as we wind down here, my last question, which is totally putting you on the spot, who is the best musical artist of all time in the eyes of Murph? Kanye West. Really? Is that because you're a Chicago guy? No, I am like a complete Kanye stan. Um, his music, uh, I was in college when the college dropout came out. Um, so from college dropout, late registration, graduation, 808s and heartbreak, like I, uh, my dark twisted fantasy, like I am a Kanye West stan. And I mean, he just makes great music. He makes great music. Uh, and I, I don't feel like anybody else has ever had an influence like he's had on the world when it comes to music. You know, without Kanye West, there, there, there could be no Drake because there was no space for him to exist in rap because at one point you only had super gangster rappers. You had dudes who were talking about selling drugs. And the next thing you know, you got this guy with pink polo and, 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 and backpacks and a backpack talking about <laughs> out of college. And he becomes the biggest artist the world has ever seen. Like, it's insane. So, yeah. Well, I am so delighted to have spoken with you. Looking forward to what's next and hope to see one of those gigs in New York in the near future, man. Definitely. Thank you so much, Dan. You both doing good today? <laughs> oh, doing very yeah. well. Cool. Well, yeah. high expectations is why we're talking. So first question will go to Allie. Not only do you star in the film, you also do a music video for high expectations. Did you know outright that you were going to have the single beyond acting in the film? Um, I did. Um, I, so actually when I first did my audition and they, um, sent me, you know, the script, they sent me this and I, um, heard it and I, oh, I, I just, I loved it. It, it moved me and it moved me to, to tears and I, um, oh, I, and I love that I was able to record it in, in both English and Spanish. I mean, couldn't have asked for, for more, singing and acting. Yeah, double threat, triple threat when we factor in your dancing and all that. But, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Taylor, first question I have before I ask you a real question, is it Taylor or Taylor? Because I never want to say the name wrong of the person I'm speaking with. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, uh, thank you. It's Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> well, Taylor, um, did you know Allie in any sense before working on this film? No, we hadn't met yet. I think we have mutual friends. Yeah. And just being in LA, running different circles, yeah, you, it is a small world, I find. But I think our first meeting was over Zoom. Uh, we like did a little bit of a, a little bit of scene work. And then we went out to Atlanta and just rehearsed and did everything there. And it seems like Atlanta, more movies and TV shows are being filmed there than collectively anywhere else on the planet these days. Uh, Taylor, notice I didn't say Taylor. Uh, what's your background with soccer before you landed this role? Um, I played competitively growing up, but then I stopped probably around high school as I started acting full time. And I haven't played much. I played like with friends if we're like at the beach or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but we did a screen test um, with other actors. There were a couple of us there uh, for the roles and for the role of the brother. And then we had a few months before the production started filming. And so I immediately called up all my buddies who had played college soccer. 
And I was like, hey, anytime I can steal you guys to go meet up at the field uh, <laughs> two months, we, we would go down and practice and just kind of get that familiarity back and that touch. And uh, it was so fun getting out there because I also got to play a lot with the, uh, the guys who were in the film playing my teammates who were like ex-pros and college players. Cool. Allie, same question at you. What's your background with soccer? <laughs> I don't have any background. <laughs> there is <laughs> none. But now... <laughs> I well, I mean, I was in a film about soccer, so. Well, I I would guess, you know, being in one of the biggest singing groups of all time, that you sang the national anthem at a soccer game in some stadium somewhere in the world. Did I? Did did I? Is that what you're saying? I I don't imagine that you would have at some point. I know, (laughs) probably somewhere down the line um that's you know another added point there (laughs) and did you go to any soccer games or do any research in oh for this role hold on actually like kind of um uh what's the anyways so before um like days it was days before days after um Mm -hmm. the my my audition or yeah okay days before or days after my audition, mm-hmm. I coincidentally sang at a soccer game. There you go. I know. Oh. Yeah. I, it was like, are you serious? <laughs> and I, when, remember, I was like, when, I want to get this. I want to get this. This is. When yeah. somebody's done as many gigs as you have in as many countries as you have, I'm sure there's days when you performed in two countries the same day. So <laughs> no fault yeah. to you. <laughs> um, now, <laughs> Taylor, Taylor, correct that time. Um, <laughs> did you know Kelsey Grammer before this role in any capacity, or you just watched Cheers and, and Frasier? Yeah, I again, it's that like small world NLA. I know some of his children, some of his daughters, but oh. I never met oh. him before. Um, one of his daughters is, is another actress, and um, I hadn't worked with Kelsey before, but again, had a handful of people who had worked on shows with him that I had worked with. And so it was that like one degree of separation sort of thing. Same question at you, Allie. Did you know Kelsey? Oh, no, I, I would have loved to. Um, but you know, meeting him on the, on the film, uh, was such, it was a delight. He's a delight, a movie star. Um, couldn't, be kinder and more just loving and gracious uh i just i love mr grammar i adore him and and just so thankful to have been um part of this with him cool yeah it shows on screen that the cast looks like they got along even if on screen maybe in the script (laughs) not everyone got along at every time uh taylor i'm gonna ask you this We'll throw it to Allie, and then you're both free from media obligations for the day. And that's, are you allowed to say what's next? Because sometimes you're under that deadline.com or Hollywood reporter embargo, and all you can say is, big things are happening, stay tuned. Are you allowed to say what's next and what's coming up besides high expectations? <laughs> that's me. You can say some stuff, right? You can, uh, there's always, like you said, you, you know how it goes. There's certain things that you can't talk about, but Sure. Um, the ones you can, I have a, I have a movie coming out in July called the wheel. Um, and then I'm going to shoot another film that can't talk about as much. Taylor! I... Man's uh, booking. 
booking and booking. Now, Allie, in your case, actress, world-renowned singer, are you allowed to say what's next? Oh, well, there's something happening on Friday, and I'm so excited, and there's so much more that I can't talk about yet, but I am just over the moon. Well, I'm glad to hear that the work is not stopping for either of you anytime soon. Congratulations on this movie coming out. Nice. Allie, hopefully we'll see you at another soccer game doing the national anthem. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, hopefully the world pronounces your name correctly, more so in the future. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you both for your time and just keep up all the greatness. Oh, thank you so thank much. Thank you very much. Outrocast. Rocky, such a pleasure to be connected and speaking with you again. Aside from having to speak to yours truly, good day for you so far? Wonderful day. We're at, I'm actually at the uh, the Toonstar Studios. We just finished some VO work on uh, on the brand new episode. Yeah, Toonstar, when did they come on board? The reason I asked that is the first time I saw the trailer for your cartoon was as part of the Talking Shop of Mania cartoon. We had to wait to see the genius unleashed on the world. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, during the pandemic, we we met with with Toonstar for the first time and uh, we were kind of throwing, you know, this was during the time where everybody was on lockdown and everybody's trying to figure out how to do projects from home, basically, because nobody was doing anything uh, in person. And uh, so it was right around the time that we finished Talking Shop of Mania, the first one. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we started talking to Toonstar. We started, you know, showing them like some of the stuff that we were doing, showing them Talking Shop of Mania. And they started, I think the first thing that they did was they took a piece of either the um, the podcast that we have, Talking Shop or Talking Shop Mania, and they like animated it just mm -hmm. to kind of like see how the characters would work. And we we're all blown away. Like, whoa, this is really, really amazing. So when Talking Shop 2 rolled around, uh, we were like, can we do something animated and really explore this world? And that's kind of where it all started. Uh, Sixth Wall, did they come on board as a result of Toonstar or did they find... You guys, because they're wrestling fans over there at Sixth Wall. So Sixth Wall came in a little bit later. Yeah. So um, as as we kind of like grew the project and uh, started to figure out the characters in the world and we started putting little bite-sized pieces out, into, you know, on, on Instagram and on Twitter, um, somehow Sixth Wall got involved and saw that and then just saw the potential of the project. Sure. So it, it fell right along with what they were already doing uh, with the Stoner Cats project and that nft so i mean one of the cool things about you know doing the animation style that toonstar has versus you know traditional animation is they're able to do it and in, in, at such a faster pace and um so like basically you know they can turn around you know let's just say i think it's something like you know somewhere between five and seven minutes out in a week we're compared oh. yeah we're compared to um you know traditional uh, animation that would take months you know yeah. to do so, um, so yeah, just, so they saw the, you know, the technology that they had, they saw the, 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 uh, the gimmicks project itself and was like, oh, well, you know, I think we, we can do, you know, come on board, uh, do it as an NFT project and also kind of, you know, add in, you know, like some great, you know, other things character wise and build off of what we've already made. So they've been a, an awesome partner. It's been awesome to work with them, man. So this is gonna be a compliment. There's no backhanded thing coming as a result of this. So for the career that you've had in wrestling, for most people, that would be the best possible thing because you've been able to work for a mix of companies at a high level. But in the last five to 10 years, we've seen you grow 
as a podcast co-host and producer, making music for that, acting mm -hmm. as well. We don't need to talk about which shows per se and which commercials, but we've seen you find success as an actor. Now you have this cartoon that's in the NFC, NFT space. Obviously NFTs were not a thing 10 years ago, but was the goal all along when you started in wrestling to have this multifaceted career like you do now? No, no, not at all. Uh, you know, like I've always been fascinated with TV and movies. And that was kind of like, I would say probably my first love before I, I started to take like wrestling as serious as I did later in my teens. But um, like, I always wanted to be, to be honest, I always wanted to be like a director and an actor. Like I always thought that that was something that like, I don't know, just drew me in, you know, uh, the music stuff. I just kind of always like, you know, was dabbled in music. I was like in choir and stuff when I was a kid, but um, uh, I, I, I feel like I was more drawn to the film and, and, and TV stuff. So then when I fell in love with wrestling, I was like, Oh, well there you're doing, you know, you're kind of doing TV and, and you're doing acting and you're doing, you know, physical stuff, which, you know, I, I, I already enjoyed as a, you know, baseball player when I was a kid and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't expect it to kind of go that route because especially when you're young, you know, I, I had all my eggs in one basket and I was wrestling. And as I got older in my 20s, then I started to realize that, oh, why don't I try all these things that I'm already into and I already love outside of wrestling? It's only going to make me a better wrestler. If I, if I, if I go to acting class and, or if I learn how to break down scripts or if I learn how to, you know, whatever watch a director's class or something you know like it's only going to make me a better better at what I, I i make my living at which is wrestling so wrestling is always still going to be number one but i definitely want to take the you know like what's cool about wrestling is like there's all kinds of people who are fans so you never know what kind of project you'll end up in right. you know just be, being a wrestler so um so yeah i i feel like why not take advantage of all those opportunities and the music stuff kind of goes along with it you know creating like you know um entrance music and you know for people and different themes uh obviously you know music that we've used in and talking shop of mania and stuff like that and and even talking shop of mania has been like a super great experience because we finally got to be a director you know direct and we directed right. it so cinematically compared to what normal uh wrestling is kind of viewed at you know we did the pandemic stuff and we really took advantage of that and uh you know getting to work with my friends you know, Anderson and Gallows, I mean, it's like a dream come true. So, um, and, and just the opportunity just presented itself. So just taking advantage of that. And I, I don't know, I feel blessed, you know, being able to, to have so much fun doing it really, you know. As a director, I have to imagine that CGI Gallows is a high watermark for you creatively. <laughs> 100%. <That's> a, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg, Rocky Romero, you know, doing CGI Gallows. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. But speaking to the success of your wrestling career in recent years, like this week we saw you on AEW Dark, and we've seen you in recent months in Impact and New Japan. So really it's like cramming 10 years of wrestling in six months, the way that you've been around all these places. Is this the busiest you've ever been in your life? The pandemic yes. era? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, there, there was like a, a bit of uh, that break when everybody was, was at home. Right. And then after that, it just started snowballing. So crazy. Um, you know, we started new Japan strong and have been a big part of that. And, and also like scouting talent and looking for people, you know, for the dojo and other things. 
So, and then that, you know, Talking Shop blew up, you know, the, the podcast itself, Talking Shop mm-hmm. Romania, then, you know, the gimmicks came and then, you know, wrestling was back and then, you know, the Forbidden Door got opened and then it was like AW, like, it's been such a crazy, you know, two years or so, it's been such a ride and especially the last eight months or so has been insane and it's been really, really wild. And uh, I don't know, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we kind of had that restart to kind of open all these doors and opportunities because otherwise like if the good brothers didn't get fired maybe certain things wouldn't happen i mean there's like a lot of things that kind of just snowballed you know yeah it, you don't want to be that person that goes well covid was good to me but in your it panned out <laughs>